Welcome to Reboot Republic, a podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. I'm delighted to be joined today on the podcast by Rob Walsh. Rob is going to give us his, I suppose, perspective, his personal experience of the housing crisis. Uh, listeners will know that we've been covering this over the last while. Um, people have been sharing their stories, their personal journey the human impacts of the crisis that I think is really important we cover um, and we show and we highlight what is actually going on out there. Um, as I've described it before, it is a social catastrophe um, and we need to really to go beyond talking about units and um, you know supply meeting demand at some point and we actually need to start talking about homes and the people who need homes. Um, and as always, listeners, um, we are a independent podcast, completely reliant on our supporters to fund the podcast, the cost of production, produced by the wonderful Tony Groves of At Shack Media, um, who now is known otherwise as a Fact Check Tony and has become something of our popular lore. And Tony is um, just as informed. He's actually been employed by Primetime now on a permanent basis as a fact checker who will just pop up from the audience. I don't think that bit, the last bit is true, but maybe he might be at some point. But uh, yeah, please do go over to patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. Uh, sign up to become a patron. Support us to keep going, keep producing these podcasts. Rob, um, thanks a million for joining me today on Reboot Republic. Thanks very much for having me, Rory. Uh, and for your sins, you are from Kilkenny and we need to get this out of the way straight away. I don't know how many people from Kilkenny, not many, I'd say I have on the podcast podcast. I try to restrict it as much as possible. <laughs> given that I'm from Waterford. I yeah, noticed I went to school in Waterford and everything, so I'm, I can't really say much. <laughs> Which school did you go to? I went to Delisal. Ah, Delisal. Yeah. Great spot. Great spot. All right. I just have my cup of tea there. The um, it's it's Delisal is a great spot. All right, yeah. No, I was in school in Tremor, okay, in, yeah. um, outside the city. So yeah. um, yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm uh, sure most of it, like there wasn't the Abbey wasn't didn't exist when I was there. So most people from South Kilkenny kind of went to the Mercy or Delisal or yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. The huge, huge mix, of course. And but it's only whenever the hurling matches, you know, are on that the real, you know, divisions and rivalry emerge, isn't it? Oh, yeah, sure. It's great crack. Like, they even the banter, like coming over the, the bridge, taking all your jobs and all that sort of stuff. It's good out <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Listen, Rob, um, thanks a million, I said, for coming on. It's, um, you know, it can't be easy talking about personal stories um, in a way. But listen, do you want to tell us your story, your housing situation? Well, um, basically, I'm I'm living at home. I'm I'm 35 and a half, as I'd always say. Yeah. I'm living, living with my parents, mother and father. Um and um I I basically been living here since I was born bar. There was five years I lived abroad, I lived in Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, but then I, I came home for, for personal reasons for family ill health and that. Yeah. Um and I've I've been living with my parents ever since. Um and I'm I'm well aware I'm I'm extremely lucky to have that situation that that's a possibility. Yes. Yeah. There's other people who are not not as lucky as that, um, but then there's also the other side of it. It's not right that you should feel lucky that you're living with your parents at 35, um, yeah. and like it's more. For, I've I almost feel bad more so for my parents in that yeah. they're probably looking at it in the sense of he should be gone now. Like um, yeah, 
we should have our own time. We've been working. We've been um, looking forward to getting myself, me, my brother and my sister out of the house kind of thing. I know they wouldn't say that, but... Yes, yes, um, of course. But uh, yeah, I, I've I've worked since I'm 16, um, sometimes multiple jobs. I've had my own business. Um, so I've always worked hard. I, I don't I don't really drink. I could go six months without a drink. Don't do yeah. drugs. Don't do anything like that. Um, probably sound boring, but um, like I don't have a big spend in terms of of my income. Um, but yet, realistically, I've fully accepted the fact that I'll never own my own home um, in in Ireland, which is is not right. It's absolutely not right. Uh, Rob and it, like I'm struck by so so many things there of what you said that and it's something that we we've talked about before on on this podcast with people that you know this sense of you know I feel bad for my parents you know and what what you know that they're looking at their child 35 you know still at home and this sense of you know yourself feeling you know I've done everything I I should have you know I've done everything as you say, you know, I'm supposed to do in this society and yet I can't buy my own home. And and what do you think are the main reasons for that? Uh, well, definitely the, the cost. Um, and um, like, I mean, you look at it now, I, even talking to some of my friends and stuff, they're trying to buy, trying to save up yeah. um, for a home with their, with their partner. And like most of their money is going on rent. So it's, it's next to impossible. Mm. to save money to yeah. save the deposit um, and yeah. like just to, uh, I, I touched on it there I was in in Copenhagen for five years yeah after two years I was able to save up and buy myself an apartment after two years in a in a capital city yeah um, now I still paid rent on that apartment but I own the actual share in the building the system they have there yeah I mean, like I, I like I said I've been working every Every year since I'm 16, bar those five years in Ireland, and there's not a hope of that happening. So, like, that's that's ridiculous, really, to have two years in a country and and be able to afford your own home, and the rent's still cheaper than what it is actually here, and that's yeah. in the city in the city centre of a major capital in in Europe. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is incredible, and people would think like you know that you know the house prices are you know absolutely unaffordable in Dublin, but they would think Kilkenny, in Kilkenny, you would think maybe at some level, you know, prices might be lower, but of course it's not the case. They've increased all around the country. Yeah, well, like, I would have been keeping an eye on, on we'll say, Waterford and Kilkenny, and just, like, Waterford was always kind of said to be one of the lower ends yes. of the scale in terms of rent and stuff. Yeah. But it's almost like they they realised, oh, look, we have a bit of space to up the price kind of thing. Yeah. And now it's, the rent in Waterford has gone up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, when I like, I went to to university in in Waterford um, for my degree, and um, I was in some of the student accommodation stuff and, and the houses there. And I mean, what you're paying for some of the houses, the quality is not not good. Now I know beggars can't be choosers in the housing crisis. You, it, it, some people would be delighted to have anything. But yeah. I mean, that's that's not the point either. No, it's not. Absolutely it's, not. No. It's, it's it's grand saying, oh, we need to build this, but a shoebox is not the same as a house or like a house made out of paper is not made, not the same as a house made out of bricks. So like, as I always say with anything, like it's grand to throw out figures and facts and all this, but context is always important. 
Like you look at take it from a sporting perspective. Yeah. A team has sixty percent possession versus a team with eighty percent possession. No, that's that's great. But like if the team with eighty percent possession in their game loses two nil, what good is that? So yeah. just saying that, oh yeah, they had eighty percent possession. Yeah, but what was the score? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's important to have context with everything. Like that. Yeah. Um, no that I find that frustrating, I have to say, when like when you're watching the likes of Primetime or that and yeah. these figures and facts just get thrown out. They don't mean anything in isolation though. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. They d- they don't, and it's what, what I suppose in that sense of it's a really important one that you know the quality of homes and they're saying you know they there there's units available or the supply available as you say, but you know if they're not decent homes, then you know they're not you know they it's not it's not good enough. And I think that there's a real danger that um, people and even what you say there, you know that I'm I'll never own my own home. Um, and I'm going in my head going, you know, why should <laughs> I can't. It's terrible that, you know, someone who's worked all their life is resigning themselves to go. That's the way it is. And I'm like, no, don't accept it. You know, that you still have the right to have that aspiration to have, you know, own or rent, you know, an affordable lifetime secure home. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I never... I say I don't like I accept the fact I will never own it. Um I I'm very stubborn in that sense though. So I will keep pushing to yes. make it happen. Because yeah. the way I would look at it is I mightn't it mightn't happen for me, but if I don't do anything, if down the line I do ever have children, they are going to be in the same position as me if I don't do anything. Yeah. So I'd always be looking at that and what about someone else? Like it's not just about me because my situation isn't the same as anyone else so like you have to do a bit for everyone to make things so that like um like my father would always say always always say he worked hard so that we wouldn't have to in, in the sense of get the best education we can so he'd, he'd help us with that and yeah, that. yeah so it's always thinking of who's coming down the line yeah yeah no absolutely no you're right you're absolutely right and it's it's something that you know, and I think it's it's something that often is not talked about again in, about housing that, you know, we are creating people's future in what we do around housing. We're giving people a future or taking away their future. Yeah. And is this something, you know, you talk to your friends and stuff about, you know, you're saying they're, they're trying to get deposits together. You know, what are people talking about doing? Are they potentially emigrating or, you know, what's the, where do you see this going? Yeah, there's, it's it's a mixed bag. Like there's some people talking about leaving. It it kind of all depends on their own personal circumstances. Like, I mean, yeah. um, some people maybe are applying for housing lists and stuff like that. But like for me, I'm a single man, no children. I'm not even going to get on a housing list if I yeah. if I even thought about applying. Um, there's other people, like I said, with their partners, both of them are saving, and they're it like job has a big a big impact on it. Like when I was working uh, my previous job. I applied for for a promotion, and there was another one of my colleagues was was applying for as well, purely on the basis to have the extra fifty euro or so for a deposit. Yeah. So yeah, it's not particular that they wanted the actual job necessarily. It was just I need that income to go to the bank and say, look, I I, I have this. Can you help me out? Yeah. Um, so it's it's but definitely I would say it's it's difficult at the moment in terms of immigration in the sense of with the restrictions and stuff, some countries are not 
um, we'll say like the, the, the usual ones, Australia and New Zealand are, are, yeah. are maybe not as, as appealing as, as they were, though I could be wrong on that. Um, like my bro- I actually have my brother is in New Zealand. He's been there. He's done a PhD with the last couple of years. So we've kind of been hearing from him about what lockdown was like over there. But um, I mean, I know one, cha- one chap I play soccer with now is, is due to move to Australia soon enough. Um, yeah. Similar thing. Like, and he's similar age to me. He's slightly younger. Yeah, yeah. And would you consider it yourself? Um, I well, I had actually before COVID, um, because before COVID started, I had actually applied for physiotherapy course in uh, England, but between Brexit and COVID, both of them just made that a, a complete non-runner. Yeah. Um, so I kind of had to reassess then. Um, but I, I was going to apply for for another um, physiotherapy I have a master's already but I was going to apply for for a physiotherapy master's in Finland yeah but then my circumstances have changed in terms of the family and stuff like that yeah. so it's yeah. not really a, a runner for me so yeah. I kind of I'm lucky enough I land on my feet it will work but like I'll, I'll pretty much do anything as long as I have a job I, I'll keep the head down and, and tip away you know yeah yeah and and how does it feel because there's a lot of talk about this in in sense of you know people feeling not an adult living at home with their parents you know do you feel like that big time yeah i mean my my parents are absolutely fantastic couldn't couldn't be better i i come and go do my sports um go to work whatever um i I don't ever feel uncomfortable here. Yeah. Uh, we don't ever look enough. We don't ever row really about that. And we'll, the usual, the usual things. Yes, like, you're not normal then. So, but, <laughs> but they would never say it. But I would never dream of, like, if I went out and I met someone, I would never, ever cross my mind to bring someone home. Yeah. Um, which is not, I don't know, it's, it's just... Uh, it's weird because it's always on your mind when you're out, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, and even the sense of, like, if I'm out and if I if I want to go to one of the lads' house after or something and stay out late or whatever, I'd still be conscious to ring because they'd be wondering, we never came home. Us. Yeah. And it's not it's not that they're babying me or anything like no, that. No, no. It's If you have someone living in the house and they don't turn up, you're kind of going, where did they go? I didn't hear anything from them. Or, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just it's little things like that, and and even then, like if you come home after a day's work and you're wrecked, you can't just kind of throw everything on the floor and yeah, just pan out because yeah. you have to be aware there's other people there. Like it's it's not it's not my house basically. So yeah, I I would always if, be conscious of it. It's it's their house, like yeah, it's not, it's not my business to be changing this or that or yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really struck with that. Like I think of myself in terms of, you know, when I was in my twenties and, you know, having relationships with people and, you know, I was renting and like, I just can't imagine, you know, trying to have relationships and you bring people home and just having that time and space for yourselves to yeah. develop as well and to develop a relationship. I don't think it's small at all. I think it's pretty fundamental in many ways. Yeah. But I mean, like, I seen the other side of it as well from having having my own apartment at the time, the short while I was in, in yeah. Copenhagen. Um like you kinda you're free to do what you what you choose or whatever. But as you said, like it's a simple thing, like if I want to meet up with someone, 
I can't I can't say to him, do you want to come over to my house for a cup of tea or yeah. watch a film or something? It's, yeah, I probably could. But then, like, our mum and dad outside the, the door. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, or am I putting yeah. them out of the living room for the evening yes. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable is the wrong word, but it's just, you're never really kind of at ease, we'll say, in, in your own space. Yeah. Because you're, you're always conscious of this is not, this is not my place. And it's not even like you have that if you're renting somewhere, of course, it's not your place. Yeah. But, but it is, it is still more so than, than if you're living in someone else's house. It's, it's well, almost like kind of being in a hotel, but you still have to do the cleaning and all the stuff yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there is also a parent child dynamic as well. You know, yeah. that it's, you're absolutely the, you are always their child. Yeah. You know, and they're always your parent. And yeah. it it is absolutely, you know, weird. And, you know, to be, as you say, even like, you know, you sit around and, you know, people have it now. You know, I have a, a teenage son and, you know, I'm seeing it if he brings friends over and stuff like that. You know, you can't just have the run of the house. Do you know what I mean? You can't just, you know, do whatever. And you can see he restricts himself a bit and I restrict myself a bit. And but that's not like, you know, you, you know, when you're. An adult, it, it is, it's completely different. And what I just thinking there as well, and it's something, it's a, it's a hard question, but I think it's important because I know it's out there. Do you feel a sense yourself of shame is a very strong word? No, I was just going to say it. Um, it, it embarrassment, shame, kind of, yeah. Like if, if someone, like if you were out and like that, you met someone you were chatting to them and, uh, you're kind of saying, "Oh, uh, where do you live?" And yeah, you're like, uh, well, I live at home with my parents, kind of thing. And it's not that like it's it's a situation for so many people now. It's not as much of a stigma. It's yeah. more. I think it's more depend on the person themselves how they feel about it. Yeah, um, like I would be very conscious of it. Um, and it's not like I said. It's not at all a reflection on my parents. It's more to do with me. Yeah. Um. Um, and it's not that I'm embarrassed that I live with my parents or anything like that, but um, again, it's that sense of I can't just invite you around for for a coffee or a chat or even yeah, like same even even inviting any of my friends around. Um, my parents would never say anything, but I still feel like maybe they want to be in the kitchen now, or maybe they want to be in the living room, and I'm I'm in the way here with my friend, and they're not going to say anything. They're not going to ask me to move, or they're not yeah. going to say, "Oh, will you come on? I have to cook the dinner, or whatever." You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's you're always thinking of things that you shouldn't really have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's not it's not your own home. It's not, and and what do you think should be done policy wise and government wise? Do you think about that? What are the solutions? What could be done? Well, I, I definitely think just just touching on my experience in in, in Copenhagen. There's so many different options for people. Like in Ireland, there's there's literally there's straight rent or there's you buy. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But whereas in like in, in Denmark they have this scheme, the Andales Poly scheme, which is the one um I use, um, where you buy there's we'll say there's a there's an apartment, a building of apartments. Yeah. And there's let's say it's the, the local council owns the building. Yeah. And then you buy your particular apartment. Yeah. But you still pay rent, so it's that's for the upkeep, the general upkeep of the building. Yeah. Um, but then internally in your apartment, you can do pretty much anything you want with it. 
Um, so, and then when you sell it, they they decide the price. So you can't be like buying it and selling it on for a ridiculous amount or yeah. Um, a day like the the rent is is reasonable generally. Um, like the way it worked with me was the apartment was cheap, so the rent was a little bit more expensive, but it was still. I think I paid eight hundred euro a month, like yeah, which is not for for a, uh, it was a fifty two meter squared apartment. So I had yeah. a, a living room, bedroom, kitchen, bathroom. Yeah, um, and it was your own. Like you were you were yeah. renting, and buying it by yourself. It actually it actually cost me less than what it cost me to buy my van here for my business. Yeah, and that's in the city center in the capital city in Europe. Yeah. Like, now the other side of that is you also get. The same sort of of concept, but maybe the apartment is a lot more expensive. But then the rent is nothing. You're you're yes. basically paying nothing for it. Um, the the big thing with those is the rent is kept at a reasonable rate. And like if I when I had to when I was leaving Copenhagen, I had to sell that. I couldn't I couldn't keep it because I yeah. was leaving, um, which was fine, no problem with that. But I couldn't rent it for more than the rent price. So, like, if I had a mortgage, right, I couldn't rent that to pay for my mortgage. Yes, yeah. I didn't decide to rent, right, and I didn't decide the selling price either. That was decided by the the council, the local council. Yeah. So, um, it was good in that sense, and like, you still have your. I can buy an apartment and just own it. That's it. Yeah. Or I can. I can just simply rent off someone. Like for for a while, I was renting a room off off a woman. She owned the apartment herself, and she was just renting me the room. And that was nearly, that was costing me like seventy five percent of, of what it cost me for the rent for the whole apartment. So yeah. even though my my rent was de- expensive to some people there, to me it was cheap because I was getting now getting the whole apartment instead of a room. Yes. So like, there's a wide variety that, to suit everybody, um, and people are constantly moving because there was a thing. If, I think if you stay in a certain apartment for a certain period of time, then you start to have rights almost to own the apartment. So yes. they're quite encouraging people. The way it, the way it tends to be as well is is people move into the city when they're younger, and then as they start to get older, they start to move out. Yeah. Um. But like, in terms of Ireland, I definitely think there needs to be more of a push on public, um, like the councils, um, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know enough about it really to be to be going to to, to be given. I, I could be completely wrong on what I'm saying, but. Like the the council for me, the council should be building homes that are affordable. If if they have to employ a group of staff that that work on buildings, um, and and do that and, and ensure that the quality is good and um, like to me it seems crazy that that you, they're giving contracts to to private developers who are building and then selling it back to the council for more. Like they're obviously yeah. charging higher than what it would cost to build in the first place, and then they're selling it back, so you're doubling the the cost. Um, like, like I've I've worked in in companies before where uh, certain things were outsourced and stuff like that, and like it just doesn't make sense to me to okay, you 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 don't have to worry about admin stuff or things like that. There's, there is bonus to it, but in terms of cost, I don't see how it's. Like in long term, it's it's effective or or, or beneficial, um, and I would see the housing the same way. Like I don't see if you can do something yourself. Why would you increase the cost twofold 
for the sake of getting the same thing back and you can't guarantee quality or anything like that. Absolutely. No, you're right. And of course, the reason is, is that for 30 years, 40 years, they have wanted councils to stop building and they wanted to hand it over to the private developers and now the investor funds. And so they don't want that capacity. But I think you're absolutely right. To me, it is the obvious solution that we have to do is that we have to get councils or housing not-for-profit housing bodies actually building. That's, that's what... Like, and, and in fairness, I, I, I don't like the idea of the vulture funds or I know they don't like being called that or whatever, but... Um, it's okay, we call them vampire funds now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like, realistically, you, you can't, you can't criticise a, a private entity for trying to make profit. That is their sole purpose. They, they're not concerned about uh, service quality or the quality of the product. Their con- fo- sole fo- focus is profit. So yeah. if you give them a contract, you can't turn around and crib and say, well, oh, they're ripping us off. Or they were. That's their whole idea. Their whole concept is make profit. They don't care about it. Like if in my mind, and I'd put my hands up, I'm socialist, utter socialist. Uh, you can't, you can't have, a public service in the hands of private because their focus is not on the service quality. Yeah. Solely yeah. on, and you can't criticize them for that because they don't hide that fact or they don't like, it's, it's painfully obvious that that's their priority, which is fair enough. But if you then go and get them to do something, you, you made an informed decision that this is what their aim was. The, the quality is not good. We, we knew that that wasn't the focus. And of course, the problem and, and you know, it, about housing is that housing is a fundamental human need. And so whatever about allowing, you know, the market and private business and profit to drive, you know, lots of parts of our economy on key areas, which people can't survive without, like housing and health and um, education, allowing profit to be the driving factor just creates this constant exclusion and crisis. Um, just one I was going to ask you about, you know, where do you see the, do you see protests emerging? Do you see, because obviously we, you know, we're still in that kind of COVID stage, you know, and there was a huge kind of public growing public anger protests, you know, in the run up to the 2020 general election. Um, do you see, you know, young people, not so young people, everyone who's affected by the housing crisis, do you see them t- as COVID recedes, as, as public measures, do you see them turning to protest or where is this going? Because I there, there's a lot of people like, you know, in your situation, who must be just enraged by what is going on. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a strange one because I, I'd be all for protests I, um, in terms of, like, you have to do something and, like, it, it always makes me laugh when I when I hear people giving out about social media, um, because you never hear people who are in a position where they they need to use their voice. That's the only way they'll get heard. Criving about social media, it's always people within the establishment that are quite happy with how things are going. They're complaining because suddenly now there's other people giving an alternative opinion. So, yeah. it, like. I, I think social media, no, don't get me wrong, there's absolute mad people on social media. And I've had last week alone, I had half a Duffy circus in the mentions every two minutes. But like, it's, it's, it's great to have that outlet that you can at least voice an opinion. Mm, and if, yeah. people, if people want to criticize, that's fair enough. 
yeah. but in terms of protest, the problem, just in, in my own personal opinion, the only protest I've seen that has been kind of anyway widespread has been the water protests. Yeah. And that was because it affects everybody. Yeah. People will give out, people will complain, people will say oh, that's not right. But when it comes to the actual day of protest, if it doesn't directly affect them, they don't tend to turn up. Mm. Um, and it's the same. It almost mirrors like in in elections. Like you think of it, people give out about the government parties or whatever. But when it comes to election day, they'll often still vote for them. Yeah. And, and then wonder why things don't change. I mean, there can't be anyone in the country that doesn't know a nurse isn't related to a nurse, a doctor, um, someone who's homeless, someone who's who, who's young looking for a home. Or like there's so many things, the mother and baby's homes, everyone has a connection to someone that has been left behind or done over by the, the, the government parties or the governments the last 20 years at, at some stage or other. There's something that they've they've lost out on, and like I, I I just for me personally I can't fathom how anyone definitely my age anyway would vote for for those particular parties because since I was since I was born and I was interested in politics from a, a very early age and I would have nothing positive to say about either of those so yeah yeah I, I just I just can't fathom how but then again. I'm well aware that some people are not in the same. No one is in the same situation as me, completely. But there'll be there'll be some people who have had a great life, and and that's not their fault. They just happen to be their situation is 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 what it is. So, but I I I can't understand how, like, if my if my parents and it's completely their their business, I would never ask them. But I couldn't understand how my parents would vote. For for the current parties that have been that have basically created the housing crisis, Un, well, unless they're happy to have me in the house all the time, I don't know. But, <laughs> but I That's, don't see why why they would vote for yeah, that, them parties. Because yeah, yeah, I I think sometimes that that in many ways is that there's you know people don't see other parties as alternatives is part of the issue. I think that you know also. You know, in, in some ways, you know, your parents might necessarily and, and people who, as you say, they're they're affected by it, but they don't think in the same way like you do that. Well, this is my life on hold. This is my life been stopped, whereas they might see it. Well, we're giving, you know, it's great. He's still in the house. At least he's here with us. You know what I mean, so they they'd see it differently. And, um, you know, so I think that 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 is a challenge of how we and I suppose the important of of you talking here that, you know, we want to try show people and, and all the different generations that, you know, this isn't OK. You know, the housing crisis is not OK. And when you're 35 and living in your your parents bedroom, and I can see the teddies in the, <laughs> on the, the counter, you know, I, I'm in the, I'm in the sister's room at the minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like. You know that's that's the reality, and that's not that's not independence. That's not life. That's a generation, you know, whose life has been to a certain extent taken away from them. Their adult life. Yeah, but I mean, like, I was when I when I left, I left straight after college. Um, that was in what two thousand and eight. So I was literally just as the crash was about to start. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, like a lot, like. I would when I started college, there would have been 130 people in my course. I'd say if there's 20 people working in the actual 
qualification that we had after that, I'd say you're lucky at 130. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's 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 just there's so many people emigrated in that that are in my class, um, and and purely down to like the crash and just opportunity, lack of opportunities. Yeah. Just on the jobs front, housing front, um, like I know people that that bought houses and they just like they had to sell them because they couldn't keep the mortgage, the the price of the house and stuff like that. And like there's there's so many different situations like that I I could have been in, um, and like I was lucky I. I had a mortgage in Denmark as well, and it wasn't just Ireland, the same thing. The bank completely did me over, and I was lucky enough that I was able to just say, look, the price I get for the apartment, that's it. Like, I can't, I don't have any more, like, so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I was lucky to get out that way. But, like, just how many thousands weren't that lucky? And they yeah. still have stuff like that hanging over. And that's, it's, it's through no fault of their own either, really. Yeah, no, it's not. Absolutely not. And I think that's something, you know, that again, we need to say over and over like that this is a, this results from policy, you know, this results from government decisions over the last, I said, 30, 40 years that turned housing into an investment asset. And it's, and I'd say, you know, when we ask about protest and, you know, I'd say a lot of people, and I know because they say it, a lot of people affected by it and, you know, people like in your situation, they feel that it's their fault. Yeah, oh yeah, big time, yeah. Yeah, like, as I said, I, like, I've, I've worked since I'm 16, and I, I, like, I generally just play sports, so I don't really drink, don't really, don't do drugs or anything like that, and, and I'd be, consider myself a good saver, but, like, I still, like, I, I can't do any more than I, than I have, um, yeah. because, like, people were all, I was, I was in work Friday, and a woman walked in, and I said, geez, you pop up everywhere. Because I've literally, she's seen me the last three times she's seen me, I've been in different jobs and it's literally just trying to progress so that I can actually have the opportunity of a life. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. And, and like, there's, you can fully understand like people just getting that frustrated because they physically and mentally cannot do any more than what they're doing. And yeah. they still, they haven't the hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Rob, I really appreciate you you taking the time out and uh, for coming on. And I think there's a lot there, you know, that, um, you know, I think listeners and 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 will see and will hear. And, you know, there is so much in it that I think we have to this story has to be told over and over. And I think we do have, you know, need that conversation across society and to change things. People have to see what's wrong and hear what's happening. Um, so listen thanks so much for joining me today on Reboot Republic thanks I appreciate it it's great to have the opportunity thank you very much thanks Rob and best of luck with it all and uh, uh, we hope Waterford will um, beat Kilkenny again at some point this year Uh, no comment (laughs) (laughs) cheers thanks and listen um, that was Rob there talking about his uh, housing story and again it just shows that the kind of you know the personal impact of this housing crisis and impact on relationships impact on independence and we really do need to talk about this more um and hear that and and see you know how policy needs to change so listen thank you listeners for tuning into reboot republic and a reminder we are independent media 
produced by Tony Groves at Tortoiseshack Media. Please, if you can, become a patron. Sign up to uh, patreon.com forward slash Tortoiseshack. You can get all the podcasts first into your email box. You'll get them before they go out everywhere else. Um, and if you do have a housing story, you want to come on the podcast and let us know. You can contact me at Rory Hearn at Twitter um, or RebootRepublic at gmail.com or on Instagram as well at Rory Hearn. Um, yeah, let's keep, keep plugging at this. We're not going to let it go. So thank you very much and we'll talk to you all soon.